Blood Brothers Podcast, a Five Pillars production. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh my dear brothers, sisters, friends and the foes out there and welcome to another episode of the Blood Brothers Podcast with your host Didi Hussain. Before I introduce today's esteemed and very special guest, I want to remind all you avid podcast listeners that you can find us on all major audio platforms if you search Blood Brothers Podcast and of course it goes without saying that I'd like you all to click and subscribe, comment and like this video. Today's guest is someone who I first saw when I was about 16 or 17 years old, when I attended my first pro-Palestine event. When he and his organizations and companions uh, were there at this Muslim-led protest, they stood out. And they stood out because there was a conception that it was people that looked like him that were oppressing our brothers and sisters in Palestine. But as years went and as I became uh, more aware of the various diverse views within the respective community where the guest comes from today, I realized this is indeed an ally and a friend of the Muslim community. And that is the esteemed Rabbi Al-Hanan Beck, the UK representative of the Neturai Qata movement. Rabbi Beck, salam. How are you? Hello, thank you. Shalom alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. Thank you for giving me your time. You seem to be a man who does not age. I'd be honest with you, maybe the bit of white hair, but you are still the fresh, young-looking rabbi that I recall nearly 16 years ago. Thank you. Thank you to you for giving us your time today. I'm looking very forward to our conversation. Thank you, thank you. Rabbi Beck, um, I want to kick off today's podcast uh, with some warm-up questions. Now, these questions will not necessarily be related to what we're going to be talking about, but it's just to kind of set the mood. But it's also to do with... Uh, certain educational aspects or clarity regarding the Jewish religion or, or beliefs. I've got a set of questions that, that I'd like to ask you. And as <coughs> I mentioned, as I mentioned to you off camera, I said that there are certain beliefs that Muslims have that we all agree upon: five prayers, one God, uh, all the holy scriptures, the Torah, the Bible, the Gospel, the Quran. Uh, angels, the day of judgment, health, etc, etc There are certain things which there is no disagreement upon It doesn't matter what kind of Muslim you are I want to ask you some questions about the Jewish faith um, And I'd like to hear whether there is a consensus on an issue According to your understanding Or whether there is a difference Does that make sense? Yes First question Is circumcision for all males an obligation? For Jewish men? Of course, this is one of the basics of the Jewish religion. Is there a particular age in which it should be done within or can... Yes, it's written in the Torah, but eight days old. Eight days old. But if there are some issues, health issues, they push it for a few weeks. I mean, okay. it's necessary. Um, now, I know that, of course, you know, uh, sexual intimacy outside of marriage is sinful, of course. Uh, but within marriage, within marriage, uh, is sexual intimacy allowed for any other reason besides having children? So for like pleasure? Yes. What mean yes? That means if you go on a normal life, a normal way of life, man and wife, just one man to one wife, uh, of a normal way, I mean everybody comes over the age of uh, 
45, but you can't get there anymore. Uh, so you don't have to separate. You can go on your life normally. Okay. So you can have sexual intimacy with your wife for pleasure, as opposed to just children. Yes, yes, no, no. I mean, if your wife is pregnant, yes. So okay. you don't have to separate. Okay. I mean, of course, you can go on your life normally. Okay. What is the way as God has created a world? In, in it's written the Torah that God's created a man, a woman, stay in you, go in your life normally. Oh. If you leave a honorable life, not go out of your area. Okay. Um, now, obviously, for uh, is the practice of polygamy allowed in in Judaism? What's mean polygamy? Can a man have more than one wife? Uh, originally, yes. Originally, you can see in the Torah that uh, the father Abraham have two wives and uh, Jacob and they have four wives. But later, later on the, the uh, I mean, for about one thousand years ago, there there was many rabbis what they saw that it's not. Practically, it brings out m- much problems. Okay. So more by the Ashkenazic Jews, they make they can only marry one man with one wife. Mm. But the Sephardic Jews, they are still obligate. They still may have more than one wife today. I mean, the Sephardic Jews is more the the Jews that are living in the Muslim countries. More. Okay. They may have more, but of course that we are obligate to the law. On the place where we live, of course, that we have to keep the law. If the law is only one wife, then we are not allowed to break this law. Okay. Um, do <coughs> Jews believe in a Messiah? Of course. Okay. Um, and of course, if he if he is not Jesus or Isa, um, who do you believe this Messiah is? Really, we don't know. We don't know. There are much prophecies about Messiah. Mm. But I didn't say even if this will be a person will live, live his life today, mm. or a person what's already died, and this will back come back. But however, there will be a Messiah. This is one of our basic belief. If somebody don't believe in Messiah, he's not uh, considered as a Jew. Okay. Because we have thirteen principles. The twelfth principle is that there will come a Messiah. But I must note to this. Just to clarify very clearly, really, this is should go in in your interview, not in the beginning in the warm up questions. But okay. if you touch already this, it doesn't matter. This question, it's I will try to explain. Go that. on, go for it. Many people asking us, but you are different from the Zionist. The Zionists take over the land. You believe that Messiah will come? He will take over the land. So again, you will take over the land and throw away all the Palestinian people. So what's the difference? Mm. This is completely untrue. When you want to see what means Messiah, you have to look in the books of prophets. Everybody can make up a picture and say, this is Messiah, this is, this is nothing. You have to look in the two books of prophets, then you will see what they describe, what means that Messiah. Messiah means, in our belief, that there will come some a prophet and he will bring very much spiritual from heaven in the heart of people. And he will rule by justice? Of course. Again, there will be a new wall there. 
but I speak some before that. Mm. He will bring down much spiritual in the heart of people on the world. All people, not Jews, not non-Jews, not Gentiles. All the people of the world will recognize the same God. All the people of the world will serve the same God in harmony and peace. Not only between people will be peace, even between animals will also be peace. The, the lions will only e eat um, grass. Yeah. They will not eat each other. They will peace on the whole world. All the people will recognize the same God and save the same God. All the heart of people will turn to God. We will all together save the same God. We believe that the, 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 the holiest place is the Holy Land. The holiest place is Jerusalem. Mm. The holiest place from Jerusalem is today what you call um, Al-Aqsa. Al Al-Aqsa, Masjid Al-Aqsa. We believe in that. And we believe it will, be, it will come down at the temple. We will come to this point in one minute. But Messiah will don't mean that when Messiah will come, we will be the king, you will be the slave. We will throw out all the people from Palestine. We will take over the land. We mm. will kill all the people. Mm. Not this will be the image at all. Mm. All the people together, me and you, we will not be on two sides of the coin. We will mm. be on the same side of the coin. We will both save together in Jerusalem, together to save the same God in peace and harmony. This is what our belief is in Messiah. Now we'll come to the point what I told you about the third temple, what many people ask you, you believe in third temple, in which places it'll be? Oh, in the same place, Alaska. What's going on, Alaska? What will happen with Alaska? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's also something what we have to look in the books of the prophets. What means that the third, uh, the third temple? Mm -hmm. When you look in the prayer book, it's, we have a prayer, it's called Nachem. Mm -hmm. There it's written there that it will come down the third temple built from fire from the heaven. It will come down a finished temple. So now you can ask a question, how people can go in a temple of fire? Mm. The answer is we don't know. We don't understand this. We don't know. But this is what is written in the books of the prophets. Okay. So what will happen? How it will happen? What's going to be in there? We don't know. But we can only see what is written there. It will be all the people together. There will be Peace and harmony between all people in all of us together will go up to save the same God on this place in the third temple. How it will look, we don't know. We don't know what's going to be. I pray to Allah that if we ever live to see that time, that we get to see and we get to see that peace, love, and security under the Messiah, inshallah. I mean, um, are there, <coughs> so for example, Muslim men? Generally speaking, they have to be covered from the belly to the knee. Yeah, there's other positions that say just the private parts, but generally it's the knee to the belly. For women, the mainstream is the mainstream position is headscarf and one single piece of garment. There's others that believe in the niqab. Others believe you have to wear gloves. Yeah, but the mainstream. Minimum is hijab, full scarf, one single outer garment. Yeah, is there a similar requirement for Jewish women and men? Yes, there is a similar requirement, but exactly, it's not exactly in this, 
in this uh, in this way. I mean, of course, the woman should be covered. Uh, look, the the law as it is, they just have to be covered the hair, and of course, from here, they have to be covered the whole body, but not the hands. Okay, the hands starting from here, they can be open the hands from here. The, all of them should be covered. Exactly the way how to be covered, uh, there is many ways, and it depends in many countries where the Jewish okay. people live. But this is the mainly for women, they have to be covered. Men also should be covered, but it's not so strictly at of course. as as women. So men usually they have to be covered like me. I'm covered also from here. Mm. Up and only is up, but when I when I working, like I'm a plumber or something like that, I can be short sleeves and I can, can be short. Be uh, sh- what uh, about here? Can men, men wear shorts up to here? Yes, they can. Yes, yes. If I'm working and I need for my work to be okay, yes. But there is a minimum, of course. But I have to be covered. But um um. But of course, the woman should be covered on any case. They can't uncover on the street, on any case, even not at home. Are you, are you concerned with the direction of how many Western societies are going where the nakedness of women, at least, is something that's promoted and encouraged as liberation and freedom and the way forward? Do you see the problematic nature uh, in this? Raising our daughters and our nieces and our sisters. Give a look. The real way is the way of God and this will survive and this will succeed mm. on every way. People will be happy. If they're following God, they will be happy. Mm. The other way, just look in the street how it looks like. Just look. Nobody is happy. They look happy, but they are, no, they're empty. They're completely empty. They are not happy. Happiness, you will find only people who are fear of God and they go ahead and follow his way. The other people look at them, oh, the, the women are so covered. They are black. They are, they are in such darkness. Yeah. But the, the reality is exactly, you can see people who are following God, they have happiness inside. Mm. They are happy with their life. They're happy to brought up the children. The, 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 the houses is full of happiness. The man, the wife, the children, everybody is happy. Other people, they are empty, empty, empty. Nobody, they, they have, every day they have to, have to see another videos, another videos, another videos. They have to do all this. What they're thinking, maybe this will, this will make happy, this will make happy. At the end of the day, such things cannot make people happy. There's a they huge only th- bring them mm. to darkness. There's a huge void, isn't there? Emptiness. Yes. And because of that, you have so much drug, drug people mm. and people, what, they don't know what to do with their life. Yeah, they want to, they're looking for some happiness and they can't reach it. The real happiness is when you follow God. 100%. Um, what is the position of Ishmael in the Jewish tradition? Or what we say Ismail? The brother of Ishaq, Isaac. I mean, in our when you look in the Torah, is Abraham have two sons, Ishaq and Is- Ismail. And when we when you look in the Torah, it's written there that God promised a land for Abraham, for Ishaq, for Yitzhak and for Isaac. And for Ismail he gives money, other properties and other land. And not only for Ismail, he have another six sons 
Abraham from the same wife. You have two wives, Sarah and Hagar. Yeah. Hagar is the uh, is the mother of Sarah Ishmael. Sarah and Hagar. Yeah. Yes. Hagar is the mother of Ishmael, and later she has remarried Abraham, or not remarried. Maybe she only go away and she come back and have another six children. And Abraham gave the, gave them properties and other things. But the promise of the Holy Land, there was for, for Yitzchak. And I come also to the point what really belongs to the interview, not in the beginning. <laughs> but <laughs> when we're speaking about the promise of the land, yeah. we know that the Zionists waving every time, the promised land, the promised land, the promised land. Mm. But the same thing that took out things of the right meanings. Yeah. The promised land, it's true, when you look in the Torah, that God promised the land for the Jewish people, for, for Abraham, Isaac, and Isaac and their children. But it was only promised under certain conditions. If you keep a high moral of life, as you can see, <laughs> in it's more than, at least, what I remember now, it's 36 times in the Torah, it's written, that if we will not keep the high level of life, we will be exiled of the land. One of them is in Kriyashma. Kriyashma is the part what we say every time, every day, a few uh, daily. We have to say it in our mm. prayers. There is written in the uh, in Kriyashma, Vahoyam Shemoya. It's written, Hishamru Lochem, Penyifta Levafchem, Vasatam Avadatam, Vachili, Vachu Afashem Bochem, Vutsaras Hashemaim, Avadatam Herum Alur Tsatoivu. That means that if you will not keep the high level of life, you will be exiled of the land. Now, when you look in the books of the prophets, Yemiyahu, Ezekiel, Yeshayahu, you see that God sent prophets to warn Jews to repent, to come back. If not, you will get exiled. Yemiyahu was <laughs> in the time of the exile, when the Babylonians came in there. We believe, and it's very clear in the Torah, that we were not we, we were not exiled because we were also weak. When you look in the Talmud, you will see Jews was very strong at that time. So we we believe that under Prophet Solomon and David and David, this was the golden era it, in in our tradition. Yes, yes, yes. This is when they had kingdom yes. and they had a state. Yes, but after four hundred years, yeah. Jewish people go down, 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 and God sent prophets. The last, not the last prophet, the last prophet in the time of uh, the first temple was Yemiyahu. So you look in his book, it's very clearly that the the exile didn't happen because we were weak. This happened a punishment of God. We were exiled by God. Because of disbelief, because of rejection, because of not living the good godly life? Yes, 100%. Mm. So again, the Zionists say the, pro the promised land, but they ignore the other part. Mm. The same, not person, God is not a person. The same God what promised us the land, he took it away from us. Mm. And he was swung us with three oaths mm. not to go back to the Holy Land, just stay in exile waiting for the coming of Messiah. So this is only because he touched the promise of the land. And we will get to that. Um, yes. And we're coming to the end of the, the quick fire questions and, I, and I'm very intrigued. Um, what is <coughs> the position of alcohol for Jews? We are permitted by Jewish law to drink alcohol. However, 
You won't see when I speaking about Jewish people. I speaking about religious Jews. Religious Jews. I don't speak about so-called secular Jews, and not such a thing. We touch late at this point, of course. and not such a thing. Secular Jews. There is a secular or Jew. You can choose one of this. There are not such a thing. Like you can't say a secular Muslim. Hundred percent. Or is a Muslim or is secular? I mean, you. <laughs> I, I mean, you can call yourself that as much as you can call yourself yes. a giraffe. <laughs> yes. But, but in practice, you cannot yes. be secular or liberal or or that in thinking whilst believing in God, the yes. messengers, and the final day. Hundred percent. So yeah. again, when I'm speaking about Jews, you're talking about religious practicing about Jews. About yes. So these people, you want, you never find them um, drunk in the streets. Never. When was the last time you had a drink? Pardon? When was the last time you had a drink? We drinking one time a year by one festival. It's called Purim. One holiday, it's called Purim. That is the only day usually what we're drinking. Many people, many uh, what they are drinking also another thing, another day in year. It's called Simchas Torah. Okay. But beside of that, you will not find Jewish people normally. We may drink in weddings. In no, we drinking. We can drink maybe one one cup, but yeah. not more. Okay. We never go out of control. Okay. Only in this one or some people these two days, mm. but also you can see the difference between people what they are empty and people what they are full. People what they are full when they're drinking. What comes out of them? That comes out how they praying to God, in the singing to God, in the say God, we're looking for you. We want to mm. see that that that, that what is coming out. Mm. But uh, the people what they're empty, what's coming when they're drunk, just go out in the night and. In the city, you will see exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to bring it on my mind. No, no, but it's true, though. It's true. Look, let's be, let's be honest, by where, where there is a in societies where there is a high level of substance abuse, drugs, alcohol, it's because there is a, an emptiness in the people that are looking for something greater. Whether you worship God, you're gonna worship something else. But your reason for worshiping is because this is that's part of how God created us and our father Adam. That's how you created them to believe, to worship. Now, if you want to worship a footballer, or a porn star, or some 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 wrong person, that's up to you. We worship God, yeah, and God has laws for us to yes. follow. Yeah. Um, so, next question: Are Jews allowed to marry non-Jews? So, for example, for Muslims, a Muslim man can marry a Christian woman and a Jewish woman. Not just any Christian Jewish woman, a practicing, God fearing Christian and Jewish woman. But ideally, he should marry a Muslim woman. But if not, you can marry a Christian and a Jew. The children have to be Muslim. For the woman, she cannot marry. She can only marry Muslim men. What is the position in Judaism? No, we are not allowed to marry not a man, not a woman from other religions. Smashed it. Why not? Keep it in house, isn't it? Keep it in house. Um, why is Jewish lineage preserved from the mothers? Why? Uh, I can't answer you. Is this tr is, is it is, yes. is it true? Yes. So you're. Forgive my language. You're not a real Jew unless your mum's a Jew. Is that what it is? Not exactly. Because okay. you have another way of conversion. Okay. But one of this, or you have all the mothers straight up. Till the Mount Sinai. Okay. Or you converted. 
If you convey it, you are the same as a Jew, like everybody. Okay. Um, I'm glad you said that. Um, so there are many times, but a Jewish <laughs> man married a non-Jew, mm. not to speak if he allowed or not, but he done that. <laughs> and it comes to a later day, and uh, he want to <laughs> come back to Judaism. Mm. Say, what's going to be with my children? So they can convey it to Judaism. Okay. This comes to another point also, what people say, whatever <laughs> people taking out from the Torah, what people want to say that Jews are a race. Judaism is not a race at all. Everybody can join that. So it's not from the 12 tribes of Yaqub. Yes, but everybody can join Judaism. Okay. No difference, black, white, Chinese, Japanese. No difference. I'm glad you said that. Everybody would convert to Judaism is the same Jew like me. So exactly. Perfect for my next question. So this is really what people say that <coughs> Judaism is a race. We're basically, this completely unto Judaism is a religion. Like Islam is a religion. You can be a black Muslim, you can be a Japanese, a Chinese. No 100%. difference. This is a religion. Judaism is a religion. This is not a race. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sneezing no away. I'm so sorry. I've been vaccinated. I've taken a test before seeing the rabbi chill, yeah? <laughs> so, you know, you're talking about conversion. Yes. <coughs> Alhamdulillah. I don't know what's going on. For people to convert to rabbi, you need to convey the message, right? So, <coughs> we know that Noah, Moses, Abraham, all the prophets from Adam alayhi salam, from our father Adam, for us to Muhammad, for the Christians to the to Jesus, and to the Jews, who was your last prophet? Uh, it's not only one. Chagai, Zechariah, Malachi, three prophets, what is described as the last one. Okay, so all those prophets, they came with a message to their people. Worship the one God. Live according to God's law. Do not associate partners with him, worship him alone, and do good deeds. Now for us to win people over, so Muslims, we have to convey the message for people to become Muslim. The Christians do it. Why do we not see Jewish groups, generally speaking, conveying their message to win yeah. people over? We haven't got the missionary system. The thing is because it's hard to be, Jew, to be a Jew. It's not so easy. It's, we have 613 laws, and every law has sub-laws, <coughs> I will say like that. <laughs> and it's not so easy. And you can see that you will not see Jewish people, I, when, again, when I'm speaking about Jew, I'm speaking about practicing Jew. You won't see us in the government, you won't see us ministers or something like that. We may... We may become a minister, we may do everything, but you will not see us at the end of the day. But would you not invite people to your religion? Why? Because this is very hard. Not only we, could, not only we are not invited. Even if <laughs> somebody comes to say, I want to become a Jew, we try to tell them, look, why you have to do that? Stay as you are. You have to keep the seven laws of Noah, and you will have your part on the other world, it's no problem. God don't ask you to be Jewish. But if he wants to, why, why we do that? 
because from Judaism is no way back according to the Jewish law. Of course, every every Muslim, if you become Muslim, once you become become a Jew, even you think, oh, I want to go back. But when you come on the other world, they will say, you are obligated to keep all the Jewish laws. So Rabbi, you know, you said that committing or converting to Judaism is, 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 is a huge commitment because there's so many laws and it's not easy being a Jew. That's those are your words. So what I'm saying to what I'm asking you is if there was a Jewish government who ruled by the Torah's law uh, and someone became a Jew and then they decided one day I no longer want to be a Jew, is there a punishment for them? Yeah, well, look, there is one law. One law for an original Jew if I convert a Jew. Ah. There's no difference between okay. them at all. Okay. So again, the punishment what is it will be for somebody what converted is the same as the punishment what, is that? what I will get if what is that? He have to learn the whole Torah. I mean, the money punishments of money sins. Uh, you speaking about going away at that time when Jews was in the Holy Land. I don't think there was such a thing because they was stopped much much before. Much before they're going away at all. <laughs> For each sin, what they have, they have their own punishment. I mean, so people has been stopped much, much before they're going away. So what what the, the punishment is? You have to learn all those. I mean, the, the whole Torah to learn. Okay. The Torah, the Talmud. But what you're asking before? Why we have? Why we haven't got a missionary system? Yes. This is simple because because. In the Jewish law, there are no way back from Judaism, and it's hard to be Jew, uh, Jewish. So why people should punished for nothing? We didn't want somebody to join Judaism only if he's really, really very serious. So when somebody come to a rabbi, they want to convert. Ah. The rabbi told them why it's good like that. Okay, so you can keep the seven laws. God will be happy from you. So my you next, don't so become my, Jewish. So my next question is then: <coughs> Are you then saying that a non-Jew? Okay, do it, okay. These two questions are connected. So, do you believe in a heaven and a hell? Of course. It's so can so can a Gentile or a non-Jew go to heaven? Of course. How? If he keeps the seven laws of Noah. What are the seven laws of Noah? Oh, is it long or is it quite? No, no, it's seven laws, but I didn't remember all okay. now. But uh, the okay, so if you believe in the seven laws of Noah, in the the practicing that, okay, of course he will get uh, his part in in the in heaven. Okay, I can maybe understand. I can maybe understand. Maybe we need Rabbi Yusuf here, and Rabbi Yusuf would be a good addition here. Rabbi Yusuf is the the lovely man who's you know a friend of Rabbi Bex who's given us his home today to film. Um, I can understand from that standpoint that okay, a Muslim or a Christian will probably practice or believe in Noah's seven laws, maybe because there is this overlap in the tradition. The origin goes to Judaism. Well, as far as I know, the seven laws is included in the Muslim. Uh, okay, so say and also in okay, Christian but what about but Robert, but Robert, What do we do about like Hindus and and people who worship idols and multiple gods? Even look. You're smiling because you know what the sketch I is in it. I don't like <laughs> to comment. No, no. Okay, fine. Next question. Next question. Okay, my final question. My final question. 
What is the position of interest in Judaism? So Rabbi Beck, I need to borrow a thousand pounds. Dilly, no problem. You have one month to pay me. If not after one month, I charge you a hundred pounds every month. This in our is called riba, usury. Riba. It's haram for us. It's not allowed. Is it allowed for Judaism? It's not allowed within the Jewish community, but it is allowed outside the Jewish community. Because gunshots. You have to understand that very, very simple. In the Jewish community, nobody takes not I from you, not from you for me. Nobody takes that. However, outside the Jewish community, right. we deal with workplace, <laughs> with networks, they're taking interest for me. Mm. It's very normal that I can make business with them on their way while they're walking. Okay. But within Jewish community, we're not allowed to take ribis. We call ribis that. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 ri- so riba is not allowed internally. Externally, you can shaft the man, yeah? We can do business as usual. Okay, fair enough. That is the end of the quick fire questions. How did you find it? Very good. Very I nice. liked it. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Let's kick off what was supposed to be the crux of the conversation, but I guess it's now kind of linked to what we spoke about. When I asked you the question about the Messiah, you you very passionately explained that the Messiah will be someone who will come with a godly higher moral order. There will be peace and love. Within mankind, between animals and so forth And you also said that The promised land That the Jews were promised by God Will come at the time of the Messiah Or at the hands of the Messiah Yeah? Messiah will only be a prophet He will not do nothing He will be a holy man, a prophet Will he not be a leader of a state? Or a civilization? He will be the prophet, I'm not sure Could be, he will be the leader A king or... Like Solomon and David were both kings and prophets, were they not? Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> what we are describing, the whole concept of Messiah, the promised land, is completely a different concept. Okay, fine, the holy land. Okay. I try to give you an example, yes. People were saying, oh, Messiah, the promised land, he will take over the world. So, describe Messiah as a powerful man with arms. He will say, he will have a loud voice and he will say, in our description, when you describe Messiah, look in the Talmud, Messiah is described as a poor man coming on a white donkey. I don't know what it means, the same, but I don't know what it means, uh, a, a third temple from fire coming down. Okay. Yes? But how is the description of Messiah? A poor man coming on a donkey. Mm. That's all this description of Messiah will look yeah. like. He will not take over by power. He will take over by spiritual, what he bring in straight into the heart of people. He will turn the heart of people to God, not to him, mm. not to him, to God. The heart of all people to God. This will happen when Messiah will come. So it's completely not, um, okay, is that n- it's, it, it's not power, it's not, it's not uh, so what, a so concept so of power. So, so when can Jews go back to the promised land and have a state? When Messiah will come, all the people yeah. will go back. Look, in my belief, yes, I'm a Jew, you are a Muslim. Let's say he's a Christian. Yes, <laughs> I mean, everybody <laughs> have, have his own belief. Of course. I, you believe that everybody will become Muslims. Yes. At the end, he believed that everybody will become Christians. Yeah. We believe that everybody will, co- will become Jews. So, of course, in my belief that everybody will become a Jew, but not by power. 
Messiah will bring in into your heart spiritual to tear into the Jewish way of life. Mm. So me and you will be on the same side of the fence and we will save the same God with own heart. Together, we will have no difference between us. This is what I believe is. What is the religious objection then, at least for uh, your organization, what is the religious objection to the state of Israel? Look, when you look at this question, you have to first understand what is a Jew. We spoke already about it. Yes. Judaism is a religion. It's not a race. You <laughs> can be a black, a Chinese, a Japanese, no difference. Judaism is the religion. If you keep the religion, you are a Jew. If not, you are not a Jew. Again, no difference. If you keep the religion, means not only keeping, you have to convert. Can I ask you something quickly? So if let's say uh let's say there is a girl called Hannah yeah if her mom 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 all her moms were to the mountain after the mountain were Jews but she says that I do not believe in the god of Moses I do not believe in the god of Abraham I do not believe in a god is she still a Jew Yes and no what okay. means yes and no Okay. I told you before that there's not such a thing to go away from Judaism. So that means she has the obligation for the whole Jewish religion. Mm. But she is not counted as a Jew. As only if she believes at least in the Tatan principles. If somebody believes in Tatan principles, even in not keeping the religion, he's a Jew what do sins. He's a sinning Jew, but okay. he's still a Jew. But if somebody don't believe even in one of these stated principles, then he is not counted as a Jew. Bandan. He's not counted as a Jew. But, however, mm. there is something what calls Yisrael Af Peshachutu Yisrael. That means a Jew remains a Jew. What means remains? He remains a Jew that he is obligated to keep the Jewish religion. So this is also one of the subjects what the Zionists try to confuse people mm. You, a Jew remains a Jew. Yes, this is only for the obligation. But he's not counting as a Jew. Completely not. Okay. So what, then I go back to, what is the main religious objection to the state of Israel? What yes. is the objection? Oh, sorry. No, no, In it's the fine. middle of that. Yeah. No, it's fine. We've got so, so again, a Jew means somebody what keeps the religion. Somebody what not keeps the religion is not a Jew. So Judaism is a religion. Zionism tried, let's go one, back, one step back. You can understand that from, all, from every religion, Jews, Christians, Muslims, Islam, anything, the main thing is that you believe God. You trust in God. You have the full trust in God. Judaism, yes, you can understand as a religion, that means that if you have the full trust in God, Always, he goes on with us. Believe in God don't means only when God gives you sweets. Even in the bad times, you don't lost you believe in God. This is a Jew. If you believe only in God when He sweets you, don't mean you believes. Th that means you leave the sweet. You don't leave, you don't believe in God. You believe in the sweet. So the basic of a Jew is trusting God in the good times. And even in the dark times, we have the full trust in God that everything what God, everything has been done by God, in everything what is due is for our favorite. 
100%. Even when you're speaking about the Holocaust, by the way, killed 6 millions of Jews. Very bad, very bad, it's terrible. I mean, you don't find such a thing in the history, at least not in Jewish history. You find it, you know where? But the Zionists, they're killing Jews, but not uh, physically, but spiritually, much more than six millions. However, let's go back to the point. There was very bad what's happened by the Holocaust. (laughs) But also, we believe that everything has been done by God, not Mm. by Hitler. Hitler was only a messenger. He will get punished for his deeds, because he has a free choice. He can choose to do good and... To do not good. But what you're saying is the event itself was, it. was decreed by God. Yes, 100%. It's in the same way that we, we believe as Muslims, all good and bad comes from Allah. And, and, the out, and the outcome. And there's a reason and a wisdom for it which we will never know. Only 100%. God knows. Now people ask me, what? You are crazy. Look, six million Jews. What's going on? They go in the guest chambers. What, what good is that? <laughs> the answer is, you're going sometimes to the hospital... The doctor makes you operation. Sometimes it's painful. What do you do after that? You tell for the doctor, thank you, and you pay money. What's going on here? He causes you so much pain because you believe that the pain is for your favorite. You don't understand how a doctor working. You don't know how the doctor is working. You don't know. You don't know how to make operations, but you believe in him. He is only a human soul. We believe in God. If we know that every operation, what going, what God do, every operation has been done by God. In every operation, what is doing is for the favor of the, of the person. So we have the full trust in God. Zionism has built up by, has founded by secular people, like to the Herzl. To the Herzl was completely secular. He don't believe in God. He don't keep the Torah. He didn't make even a circumcision for his son. So he why why he, and he was proud of that. Oh, so why why was Theodore Herzl, who's regarded as the founding father of Zionism, why was he so passionate about a state for the Jews then? Today Herzl looks of Jews with other eyes. He looks at Jews as a nation, not as a religion. Jews are as a nation a, a nation. What's going on there? They're already two thousand years in exile. Why can't what we have to do? I mean, what will happen if the French will be in exile? What do they have to do? They have to organize themselves and take over a country. What's going on there? So he, he's a non-believer. We know our goal in life is not a state. Our goal in life is to save God. Of course, it's easier if we have a state. But it's not our goal. Our goal is not this world even. Our goal is the other world. This is what we're looking for. Here we know we're coming here to work. So, but a person who don't believe in God, he looks at the situation completely with other eyes. What's going on here? Jewish people, as a nation, they are already nearly 2,000 years in exile. Why? Why they don't organize themselves? So this is what the Herzl think. We have to organize Jewish people, take over a land, no difference if people leave there or not leave there, don't. Put it for the side, we'll speak later about <coughs> it. But take over a land. L- be like an Englishman, like a Frenchman, like a Japanese, like a Chinese, like all the people in the world. Yes, this is when you look on people with other eyes. 
So now you can understand now what's the basic difference between Judaism and Zionism is. Judaism is when you look on this world like a preparation to the other world. When you look on God that he runs everything and you have the full trust of him. When he wants, he gives us a land. When he wants, he takes away the land from us. We don't, we don't lose our trust in God. Zionism is built up on the basic of a person who don't believe in God. And he looks with other eyes of people. He looks at people, Jewish people, like everybody. So why not organize yourself? So you can understand, Zionism think how long we will be in exile. They don't believe that God sent us in exile. We're gone in exile because we are way weak. So of course, what we have to help ourselves, we have to organize ourselves and go take back a land. So this is the basic. Zionism is built up of non-believing in God, of not trusting God. So why do they use the common argument? So, so even Netanyahu and, and his predecessors and Sharon and, and even those who predated him, they, they always used the language that this is the land promised to the Jews in Torah. That, 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 that even recently before Netanyahu was lost the elections, he said that this is now a Jewish nation state for the Jewish people because it's promised to us in our scriptures. I will ask you back. Netanyahu is speaking about the promised land. He was a religious person? Completely not. Completely not. He don't believe in God. Who promised that? God if he don't believe it in God, if he don't believe in God, who promised the land? He was a non-believer. He is a non-believer. Not only him. Most of the of the prime ministers of Israel, uh, Sharon was a non-believer. Can I ask you? You know, when you say that they are non-believers, is that? Non-believers from the perspective of Neturaikata Or there's many other orthodox practicing Jews Who will regard them as non-believers Everybody will say he's non-believer Ask him himself He will say I'm, not, I'm a non-believer He don't keep Shabbos He eat pork He have no problem with all this He no. haven't got problem with the Jewish religion at all Now that today's um, uh, Prime Minister He called Manette He going a small keeper Small keeper I don't believe how much he believes, mm. real. Mm. However, but Netanyahu, he never said that he believed in God. He just used the Torah to, 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 to brainwash Jewish people and to, to terrorize the world. Can I ask you something? To, to, to wave the promised land. He himself don't believe in the promised land. So some of the... Some of the, not some, many of the sad footages that comes from Palestine is of Jewish settlers who look like you, Rabbi. Yes, unfortunately. They look like you. That's why when I said to you, when I saw you when I was 17, I thought, why are they here? They look like the people that are oppressing my people. So how can you be a religious Jew and a Zionist at the same time? It's a really uh, contradiction. But they exist. They don't think. But they exist. Yes, they exist. They don't think. Okay. I'm sure that you have in Islam the same thing. Yeah, we... we, we, we people want to live in a contradiction. Mm. Of course. The, you, you, how they can be, they don't think. They don't think. Really, for about 100 years ago... Do you have any family members who are Zionists? Not really. Okay. No. In, there are not so many. There are about 10,000... 15,000, that's all. They are not so many, but they are very noisy. They're, 
for 100 years ago, Zionism started 125 years ago. Yes. So about 100 years ago, when Zionism becomes established a bit, still they haven't got a state. All the rabbis was against the state of Israel. All the rabbis, you can look in our website, www.nkusa.org. Yes, the early... NKUSA.org. Look for the book, it's called 130 Rabbis. <laughs> All the rabbis was against the state of Israel. Very, very small amount of rabbis were supported. The biggest of them was Rav Cook. Yeah. Rav Cook, he was a supporting. Only his followers, they are the settlers. And today they're counting about 10, 15,000 people what are following him. And they are completely in a contradiction. Okay. They live in a contradiction. But it's impossible now to bring out the whole Torah and the whole no, Talmud no, to explain that. So for our Muslim viewers, for our Muslim viewers and listeners and even uh, non-Jew listeners that we have, just to kind of recap, uh, the Jews were sent to exile by God because they were rebellious, they started becoming weaker in their belief, they weren't strong believers, maybe they were led astray from what God wanted them to do, uh, and you believe that that still should be the position, the position of exile. Not I believe, this is written very clearly, in Talmud, in Ksumbat, Ksumbat uh, um, uh, page 111, mm. it's very clearly, God beswore Jewish people, not to go out of exile by the force. Three oaths, not to go out of exile by force, not to rebellion against other nations, and um, 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 not to go up en masse to the Holy Land. Okay. These three oaths what God gives, it's very clearly. So, you know, Zionism was born at a time in Europe when nationalism as an ideology was on fire everywhere. You had the Balkans. You had, you had you had nationalism problems within the Ottoman Caliphate. You had uh, you had nationalism in the European colonies. The British Empire. Yeah, nationalism was the thing of the day. Are you saying that Zionism then was a distortion, a deviancy of nationalism, secularism, and picking and choosing the Jewish religion? Do you think even not picking in Jewish? Even not picking some, they don't believe in nothing. They didn't, didn't want to pick anything. But they understand to speak to the Jewish heart, you can't come with materialism. It is not speak to anybody. If you come with nationalism for people, I want to give you a state, nobody will listen to you. So you need the language they of the Holy Land. Yeah, the, the Holy Land, they know that everybody have, every Jew have very strong ties to the Holy Land. Me, myself, I have very strong ties to the Holy Land. You were born in? Not of my birth. But this ties is spiritual ties. There's no difference who runs the land. Jews or Muslims or Turks or English, no difference. My ties are spiritual to t tie to the Holy Land. I can save better God there. I'm closer to God there. I believe in that. When was I the can't go up there now because the Zionists occupy the land. When was the last time you went? When I was a small child of two years, my where, family gone where, out. Where yeah. were you born? I born in Jerusalem. You were born in. Ju I'm already seven generations in Jerusalem, but uh, my father was one of the big fighters against the state of Israel there, like you have there today. 
hundreds of thousands of Jewish people who are fighting against the state of Israel don't take don't participate voting, the boycott of voting, they don't take any benefits from the state. My father was on many demonstrations, he was many times in, in prison. At the end of the day, he decided to go out. We don't want to live under the Zionist regime. We don't want, you can't stay in a state where you are against them. They don't go together. So do you, so, so, so just, just picking your brain, <coughs> do you believe, do you, do you believe that, so, 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 so if you or our friend Rabbi Yusuf or anyone from uh, your organization, if you were to settle in Israel or occupied Palestine, do you see that as sinful? It's incorrect? You shouldn't be doing it? No, it's not sinful when you go there as a private person. Okay. If I can live there exactly as I live in a Palestinian state, yeah. there is no problem. But if I touch anything to give them strongness, to give them power, oh, this is a sin. Okay. I have to keep away. And this is not easy. Okay. So again, we come back to the question: What you're asking? I didn't want to go one one thing to the other. Yeah, it happens. I, I asked I asked you about uh, Zionism, and I asked you about uh, how can can a religious Jew live in Israel? Are they sinful? Yeah, no, no, it's not sinful. A religious can live there. So can you believe that we should be in exile, but I'm still going to live in Israel? I can live there yeah. as long I'm in exile there. Okay. I, when somebody lives there and he wants better a Palestinian government rather than the so-called Jewish government, yeah. he can live there as an individual. Okay. But in reality, it's very hard. Okay. It's very hard. It's very hard <laughs> to grow up children on this way. I live in a state and I'm against it totally. They're full of contradictions. Of course. It's much better if you go out, but not everybody can go out. There are still there hundreds of thousands of Jewish people who are living there, and they are completely against the state of Israel. And they get beaten, they're going out on money demonstrations, and they're doing many things, like they don't want to go to army. Money, tens of thousands, but they choose better to go to prison rather than to go to the army. Be because they refuse conscription. Yes. Okay. And they didn't want to save the army. They didn't want to help the state. Now, when you say hundreds and thousands or, or many, many practicing Jews, are you saying this is people besides Neturakata and you're yes. thinking other other religious Jews? Nothing to Akata. But other, other, there are many others. Yes, I must explain. Neturakata, it's not an organization at all. What is yeah. it? It's not the organization. We haven't got members. We haven't got. You ask me if I'm a leader of Turkata. We haven't got the leadership. The Turkata is a name. What people gives for these people, what they're coming out to bring out the Jewish voice, the Torah voice regarding Zionism. So people give. What does it translate to? What does Neturakata? Neturakata is translation of guardians of the city. Guardians that of the city. That means people who are guardians of the Jewish city, not the city, physical city. That means of the religion. Of the, of the, of the religion, of, of the, the Jewish religion. way. So Neturai so Carta, you're saying, is not an organization. It is a movement, a thinking, and it translates to the guardians of the city. It's more people give the name for these people but coming out on the streets to bring out... And really, what you, you told me, you see me in the street, yes? What you see me in the street, it's 10% of our work. 
What's the other 90%? The other 90% is within the Jewish community to clarify people. We're giving out books and we're spreading books and we're, we're ah. doing very much you're so within you're doing, Jewish community. You're, you're doing intra-Jewish missionary work. <laughs> no, because for Muslims, we have two da'wah. Da'wah to the non-Muslims and da'wah to the Muslims. Yes. So you are giving da'wah to your people. Yes, this is 90% of our work. Okay. Our rabbis here speaking every week. Weekly giving speeches for people because the Zion is coming every time with other tricks, every time to confuse people. They find many people like the Western world and like the graves of our sages and something, many, many things to confuse people to take them in into the agenda. And our rabbis clarify and I write down the speeches and I'm spreading that and many, many things what we try to do to keep Jewish people to understand that Zionism is a contradiction to the Jewish religion completely. This is not only a contradiction, this is diametrically opposed to Judaism. That's to clarify, not to be confused by Zionists. And not only here, I mean, I work globally. I send money stuff to even Australia, in Argentina, in France, and Vienna, everywhere where there's Jewish community. With also sometimes we going, we send speakers there, <coughs> and I mean, our work is very widely. People give for this. People <laughs> give the name the Torah. So we are not really a organization. Really, when you see people looks like me about this type of a person, I can say that most of them are anti-Zionist. The ones, the Jews who look like you. Yes, most of them. Are, you look in Stamford Hill. Most of them are anti-Zionist, and I must say that the other forty-five percent, let's say, mm. they are non-Zionist. I mean, they have their own life, their own prayers, in their own studies, in their own businesses. Uh, the state of Israel don't take a, a part of the life at all. Can, uh, okay, so, so have, have, have you ever spoken to a Zionist rabbi? I spoke, yes, many times And how? And do you have conversations in a brotherly way or is it heated? I don't like that Because I don't want to go in, 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 in I don't know how to call that uh, Just Argue uh, Arguing, yes So this, this, is not, this is not the mind This is every, who can speak louder So I'm not interested in that. I try to avoid it every time. I'm speaking to people who are looking for the truth. Okay. People who are interested in the truth. That's what I'm looking for and that's what we're doing for. Mm. Um, I'm bringing the podcast to an end. Uh, I want to ask you just two more questions. Um, you know, there is a lot of talk about the two-state solution. 1967 borders, 1973 borders... Once, many years ago, there was even a conversation about the 48 borders, all these different borders. Do you the think... King David. Crab David, the Oslo Accords, there's been yeah, many, yeah. many things. <laughs> Do you believe that a two-state solution could be a meaningful solution for peace, or do you think this is just... No, we're not, we do not believe in a two-state solution. We believe in a one-state solution in the whole land should go back for the Palestinians from the river to the sea. And I will explain it. So we are just looking from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Yeah, just looking for the for the Torah. Here. One second. Mosin, you following the rabbi? 
Am I in your way? As long as the state of Israel is a rebellion against Almighty, I explained to you before, God sent us in exile, it's like you have a child, the child is bad, you told him, I punish you, stay in the corner for 10 minutes. Okay, I don't want to speak in the mic because I don't go to prison. <laughs> However, <laughs> you say for the children, child, stay 10 minutes in this, in, in, in coming out. What means that? He's rebelling. He yes, I couldn't care less about you, about the I reject your authority. Yes, I do whatever I want. The same thing if God sends us in exile. If we're going out of exile by force, a rebellion against Almighty. So, one, so what is the argument against exile? Because that's the Zionist argument, isn't it? It's against exile. Yes. It's to say that we no longer need to be in exile. Yes, yes, That yes. God has given us his promise and this is our land and we no, will take no, it. No, 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 you make a mistake. The Zionists don't believe in God. They okay. don't believe in the promise. Okay, they use the language. They use the language. They use this They language. use the language. Yes. yes. Okay. So, again, <coughs> Zionism is a rebellion against Almighty. As long it is a rebellion against Almighty, it can't be succeed. It's written in the Torah. That's what I look for. I couldn't find it. In Numbers 14, verse 41. Remember this. Yeah. Numbers 14, verse 41. It's written in the Torah. Why you rebellion against God, you will not succeed. It's also a similar situation when Moses, when God say for the Jewish people to stay in the desert for 40 years. I don't know if you live. No, no, we have this story. Yes, before, 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 when they're going out of Egypt, so God punished them to stay in, in desert for 40 years. But the whole Jewish people would say, no, we're going out right now. In Moses, the prophet Moses say for the Jewish people, why do you go against the, why do you rebel against God? You will not succeed. Yeah. They have not succeeded, however. But this, what is said in the Torah, this is not only for that time, this is forever. A rebellion against God can't be succeed. The state of Israel will come to an end. And they should come to an end. We c we'll come later to that. We're looking for a peaceful end. Nobody looks for bloodshed. Of course not. However, but they will come to an end. So, of course, we are not supporting a two-state solution. A two-state means Jews have a land. This is a rebellion against Almighty. God sent us in exile. Forbid us to have a land. So, no difference... How big the land is, we are not allowed even to have one inch of a land. The land should go back for the Palestinians. And really, the state of Israel will come to an end. We pray for a peaceful end in a speedful end, but Amen. they will come to an end. Amen. Amen. So now, so, so really, this is our view that we support as Palestinian state from the river to the sea. Really, we didn't touch one point. We speak only about religion, religion, religion the whole time. We didn't touch the point what has been done for the Palestinian people here. Do you know why? <laughs> do you, the, reason, the reason why I wanted to focus on the religious themes, uh, Rabbi, is because, look, you and I might know its politics. The masses will... Think that's a religion thing. Religion thing. You can't, the flag of Israel is the Star of David the, the settlers who are killing shepherds in the West Bank They look like you So I need to tell my viewers and listeners 
that look at what the religion is saying. Look what the rabbi is saying. That's why. Or else I know I I know Zionism is a religion that is an ideology that was founded by secular godless people. I know this. I know that it was born at a time where everyone wanted a state. I know that Theodore Herzl was a non-practic, not even non-practic, disbelieving Jew. I know all this. But our viewers and listeners, many will equate the two. So I will ask them a question. If this is the in this situation, why, when you come in real Jewish areas, as more religious the people are, and more they keep away from Zionism. Like, look, here in Stamford Hill, but not only Stamford Hill, go in Manchester, go in Gateshead, go in New York, yes, in Monsey, in the mountains. In, in, I can give you examples of very, very many Jewish areas. Look in Australia, look in Argentina. As wherever you see people like me, you won't see the Israeli flag. You won't see that. Look, look with your own eyes. Why is that? If it's a religion, think. So we, real religious people, should be the first things to go in front. Mm. Why we keep away? This is completely the opposite. This is completely against the religion. But they, 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 they manage to confuse a few religious people. This is the settlers. So just to living in contradiction. So just to give you that opportunity then to explain briefly then, if it's not a religious issue, it's a political issue. Yes. So what is the political issue with Zionism? That it, it, that it is a political ideology, not a religious ideology. And it uses religious language to justify its politics. I don't know if you know, Tudor Herzl, one of his plans, before he think about the Holy Land, is speaking about to take a place in Uganda. Oh, of course, Uganda. Yeah. Yes. He yeah. But the, he didn't understand what's wrong with it. But then come a few people what they understand and they say, I'm sorry, if you go to Uganda, you will be keep away you will completely gone away from Judaism. Yeah. Nobody will follow you. Yeah. You can't take the people of Uganda. Nobody will follow you. Yeah. Because they try to confuse people with Jewish holy things. Okay. Just to confusing people of that. So you stand by the position that Zionism as an ideology is godless, secular, irreligious, and every and it represents everything that goes against Judaism, the faith. Hundred percent. So I will conclude in my final question to you. Yes, but Do I you have another thing to say. Please say it. No, no, please say it, and then I will ask you the final question. I tell you, I mean, Zionism say that I want to save Jews. Okay, it's not right, it's right. But Jews are in exile, Jews are able to kill. Look what's happened with the Holocaust. We want to save Jews. We, have to, we need to have a state. A state will save Jews. So this is an argument. What do you say to that? I mean, what I say to that is, first thing, I mean, we are not lost. We are in the hands of God. Even though that everything has been done by God. The Zionists don't believe in God. So it comes up the problem, it comes up the solution. But now, just give a look at this solution, the so-called solution. They say they want to save Jews. Let's just give a look if the state of Israel is saving Jews or not. The state, give a look today's day, the two facts. Jews live all over the world. They live peaceful. They have no problem <laughs> anywhere to live. <coughs> the only danger place for Jews, not to speak for Palestinians, 
the most danger place for Jews today is in the state of Israel. Every day another killing, every day another bomb. If if you see, uh, if uh, if somebody see a person take out a bag to the dustbin, he call the police, maybe it's a bomb. It's crazy, you can't live like that. You can't live like that, it's such a terror. Such as a... Paranoid. Yes, look, <laughs> I live here in England already 35 years. I don't know how a look, uh, English soldier looks like. I never saw an English soldier. But in Israel, a small child of three years, no tanks, with soldiers, with guns, with all types of weapons, the whole life, going military, everybody. This is crazy. This is not a, this is not a way of life. A materialistic life. Don't speak about religion. This is crazy. This is a safe heaven for Jewish people. This is the most dangerous place for Jewish people. They say they want to save Jews. Look, since the, since the, the Second World War, the Holocaust, anti-Semitism goes out of fashion. If any politician say even one word looks like anti-Semitism, we have to apologize. Look what's happened now with of Jeremy course. Corbyn. Of course. Crazy. Jeremy I Corbyn. know Jeremy Corbyn. Money is. He, he, he have no problem with Jews. He's very good friend with me. Very good friend. Not only with <laughs> me, with many Jewish people. He have no problem with Jews. He say even one word Zionist make. So again, I come back to the point. Anti-Semitism gone, gone out of question, gone, gone out of fashion. Who raising anti-Semitism today? Zionists. Zionism. They make <laughs> raising, 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 raising anti-Semitism. Everybody told me, look in the TV, look what you people doing for the Palestinian children. They're raising up the anti-Semitism. They're saving Jews. They put us in the biggest danger what they can. But they can't, they can't protect themselves and they won't protect the Jews all over the world. That's crazy. They can't protect themselves. They, they, it's the most dangerous country of the world. It's, it's not normal. But <coughs> I want to come to another point. Please do. They, one of the biggest propagandas, what they justify themselves is, Jews and Muslims can't live together. The Muslims want to kill all the Jews. They want to throw all the Jews into the sea. This is the propaganda. This is not true. We had many opportunities throughout history to do it. We never did it. Yes, So that's what I bring out. But this is the propaganda, the false propaganda, what they're using. The same what they're using, the Jewish holy things, propaganda for their own state, for the materialistic, nationalistic state. They're using the religion and everything. The same thing they're using, false propaganda. The, the, the Muslims, the Palestinians want to turn all the Jews into the sea. This false propaganda, they're trying to confuse people to stay on their side. Even you don't think like me, you don't think I'm right, but you must come on my side. Practically, you must come on my side. If not, you will be killed. This is completely untrue. Jews have a golden history in the Muslim countries for centuries, for centuries. Jews live in the Muslim countries much better than the rest of the world. Iraq, 100%. Andalus, Ottoman Everybody that knows history a bit knows the best times for Jews was in the Muslim countries. And even today, Jews live in Iran, Iraq, um, 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 Morocco. Morocco. I Turkey. myself was in Morocco. Turkey as uh, well. Yes, I was in Morocco. I come to Morocco straight when I go to the they border. They have Jewish quarters. Yes, I come, quarters. I come over the border. <laughs> the Muslim people come straight. Oh, please, Rabbi, bless my children. Mm. Where the hatred? 
Where is that? I, I didn't see it. Mm. In Algeria, in Tunis, in all the, Mus- all the Muslim countries, Jews live peacefully. My father was in Iran a few times. There's a beautiful Jewish community there. They have their own MP. Even to get an MP in Iran, I think the rate is a half million people you need for MP. Mm. The Jews have, for 30,000 Jews, they have their own MP. Mm. And they have a beautiful life. They, they have no problem. All the Muslims, I, I told you, I'm seven generations in Palestine. Yes, my mother told me, she remember, we used to live in the Palestinian neighbors in such a good relationship. We used to babysit each other, the children. In the Jewish holidays, they bring over the children to the Muslim neighbors. In the Muslim ones, they bring over the children to Jewish neighbors. They, we have no problem. The problem here is not the religion. The problem is occupation, killing, take away the land from people. This is the problem, the problem completely. The, 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 the Palestinians don't hate Jews, they, they hate occupiers. The occupiers. No difference if it's a Jew, if it's a French, mm. it's English, no difference. The same hate they will have if the Japanese will come into the Holy Land and take it over. And the same thing will happen here in, in England if somebody comes to take it 100%. over. 100%. This haven't got nothing, but the Zionists try to do it. No, this is anti-Semitism. No, no, no. This is the old anti-Semitism. This is completely untrue. It's completely untrue. And we have to bring this to the attention to know the problem is not the religion. The problem is the occupation. And I see that myself. <coughs> coming some, sometimes to demonstrations. And there are sometimes hot demonstrations. In the CRU, and they get uh, anger. Mm. But when they hear what I have to say, oh, not this I mean. <laughs> I'm against the occupier, not against the Jew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we are best friends with Jew. They have no problem <laughs> with Jew at all. So this is the comment, really what I, I have to say. And also another thing, what I told you before, that the state of Israel will come to an end at the end because a rebellion against it can't be succeed. It's also just look at the true fact. The state of Israel is already t- uh, 74 years, about 73, 74 years. How many countries has been established in these times? Tens, at least. Hundreds. Very many. Everybody have peace. The only place you haven't got peace is in the state of Israel. Why? This is the finger of God. They mm-hmm. will never have peace. And they will come to an end. We hope and pray for a peaceful end. Nobody looks for bloodshed. But they will come to an end. Inshallah, inshallah. I told you, I born in Palestine. I gone out. I want to go back. I'm waiting for my Palestinian passport. And I will get inshallah. it. Inshallah. I, I, I told for the Palestinian um, ambassador here in England. Yeah. I'm Palestinian Jew. I want a passport. He told me, one of the first passports, it will be for you. It will be a honor for us yeah. to give a passport for Jewish people. Inshallah. To demonstrate they have no problem with Jews. We have a problem with occupiers. Rabbi Beck, um, uh, my last question was actually going to be that you've been praying for a peaceful end to the state of Israel. But the reality is that with the level of violence that's been meted out against the Palestinians, that there's naturally going to be armed resistance. Palestinians who have seen their fathers, their mothers, their grandparents killed, slaughtered like animals, yeah? And naturally these young boys will grow up to want to fight the occupiers. Do you believe the Palestinians have a right to defend themselves of the occup- against the occupier? It's two things what you're asking. They have, to, they have the right 
to get back their own lands. But I can't justify um, um, uh, <coughs> violence in any case. Okay. We all want a, we, we all want an end to the occupation in a way which preserves the most amount of lives. That's everyone. Yeah, but I must tell you, it's not so dark like you see that. Mm. I must tell you that even all the killings in all that what's happened. Both parties, Fatah and Hamas, declared very openly many times they have no problem with peaceful Jews. As long as they haven't got political aspirations, yes. they can leave there. Yes. So there is a way, a peaceful <laughs> way, uh, to say if the American government will invest 10% of the money, what they invest now in the state of Israel, yeah. they invest only 10% to bring a peaceful end, they will, they will find a way. Only with 10% of this money. But they won't do that. <laughs> no. They need Israel there to be their watchful eye in the region. Yes, but however, I want to come to the other point. It's not so dark, the situation. I will give you an example. I don't know how old you are. If you remember 33. It. 33, you, you mm. don't remember it. Mm. And uh, in, in, uh, in, in what's happened on, in... in uh, uh, what, what, uh, when, when the USSR has disappeared. 1989, the, yes, the wall of I China. I remember that. Uh, the wall of Berlin. Everybody, not the wall of Berlin, not the wall of Berlin, when the USSR has been disappeared. Yeah, 1989. For 30 years. 30 years yes, ago. Yes, yes. Yes. I remember it. If anybody would remember the power of the USSR, they think the USSR to disappear, it will cost millions of lives, at least hundreds of thousands. Un impossible. It didn't cost nothing, even a single life. Mm. A single life. Mm. Take another example, what's happened in, in South Africa. I also didn't remember, it was before my times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, but everybody who remembers that, he thinks it will be their bloodshed. It was a bloodshed, but not far away what people imagine. So, a peaceful resolution yes. is possible. Today's days, today's day, it's a liberal world more, and people don't look for bloodshed. People look more on the future. Okay, give me back the land from today. It's my, okay, fine, that's all. Uh, I understand the bad feelings, but it's not so dark as he looked like. It could be a peaceful solution. Well, we hope and pray for that, inshallah. We hope and pray for that, and the most thing, soon. Soon. And I pray that we both get to live to see that time. Yes. From the river to the sea, inshallah. Rabbi Beck, it was an absolute honor having you on. Thank, Thank you very you. much for your time. Thank you. Um, I must apologize if I asked you any questions that were disrespectful. I'm very, very sorry. Good. Very good but questions. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I would shake Thank your hands, you. but as you can see, I've been sneezing. Uh, I wish you all the best and I hope we can have you on again. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you. Man. Brothers and sisters, I hope you all enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. I learnt so much uh, from Rabbi Beck. Things that I assumed were the position of his people and things which I didn't know. And it was very refreshing and beneficial for today's uh, podcast. Uh, please remember to like this video, to share it, to leave a comment, and of course subscribe to the Five Pillars YouTube channel. And of course, for all the avid fans and listeners, you can find us, uh, the Blood Brothers podcast, on all the major audio platforms. Until next time, Salaamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh.
this podcast of Five Pillars Production. Mm-hmm.